And welcome, Hoosier fans, to a kind of bewildered, head-spinning episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers fall to Maryland 77-76 to in a game that Indiana led by six late and just collapsed over the final few minutes as Maryland ends the game on a 7-0 run. Jalen Smith makes a layup that proves to be the de- the decisive bucket and an Indiana team that had played so well in the second half coming back from a 14-point deficit in the first half really in this one just snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, felt like they were in firm control until they weren't. And credit to Maryland for sticking with it after really playing poorly there for a lot of the second half and being able to come back and take advantage of Indiana's mistakes. But the story of this game is Indiana just absolutely collapsing there down the stretch with some bad decisions, some bad execution, and it results in a loss that should have been a really, really big, important win for Indiana. Instead, the Hoosiers are 15-5, and 5-4 five, five and four in conference play. And this is one of those losses that's really going to hurt, really, really going to hurt for Indiana. Now, I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips. We're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Uh, Let's start this show the way that we start every show. That is with our banner moment. We will obviously get back to the collapse there at the end. Uh, But let's talk about one of the biggest positives from the second half. And for the banner moment today, I want to go back to the nine-minute mark in the second half. Uh, it was 60-54. to 54. Indiana had just done a great job of coming back from that nine-point halftime deficit. I mean, they almost immediately took the lead before the, the under 16-minute six, timeout in the second half. They got the lead back, and they had a six-point lead at 60-54, to 54, and they had three straight empty possessions without getting good shots. It kind of felt like the beginning of one of those long scoring droughts, and what happened next were two of the most beautiful plays that Indiana has made all season long, and it went with them going inside, which is what they need to do, what they did to help come back. On the first play, Trace Jackson Davis had just a beautiful interior pass to Deron Davis. Deron was patient, had a little shot fake, ended up scoring to make it 62-54. On the next possession, Deron got it inside, again was patient, you know, spun, kept his pivot foot, and ended up finding Trace on the other block, 64-56. It kept Maryland at arm's length at a time when it felt like they may be ready to kind of get back and even things up. And it was indicative of what Indiana was doing when they were playing well in the second half, which was getting the ball inside. And, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, after being saddled with foul trouble, you know, really came out, played uh, a much better second half. And Deron Davis, I thought, was really, really important today with Race Thompson out, his ability to come in, uh, play 13 minutes. You know, he had four points and three assists. And, you know, we just we saw some of that vintage Deron Davis in the post uh, that we've been wanting to see. And if that's a sign of things to come for this team, if he's a guy that can be counted on for those 10 to 12 minutes, we've been talking all season long about how important that is. Today we saw it. Unfortunately, it didn't result in an Indiana victory, but certainly with the minutes that he played in the second half, he did everything that he could uh, to put Indiana in a position. His teammates uh, just weren't able to close it out there at the end. But that is the banner moment. And our banner moment this afternoon, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, a company that was founded by an IU grad that remains based in Indianapolis. And homefieldapparel.com really is the place that you need to go for all of your Indiana apparel needs. Whether you want t-shirts, long sleeve tees, crew necks, hoodies, they've got it. They've got women's cut t-shirts. They've got it there at Home Field Apparel. And what really sets them apart are two things. Number one, all their items are so comfortable. I mean, I don't know what fabrics they're using 
Uh, but they're absolutely splendid. They feel good against your body. They maintain that comfort even after you wash them. So you've got that. And then number two, and this is how Homefield has made their name, is you know they go back into the archives of Indiana and all the other colleges that they work with, and they bring back some of the most beloved and interesting and unique logos from the past. And they bring them back, put them on this comfortable material. So you've got the Bison logo, so many different versions of the IU, uh, the Shoes basketball logo. There's so much to choose from there at homefieldapparel.com. So you need to go shop for yourself, shop for the IU fans in your life. And because you're a member of the Assembly Call audience, you get a massive discount when you order at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout. That's ASSEMBLY20 to get 20% off your entire order. Go to homefieldapparel.com today. Get the most unique and comfortable IU apparel anywhere. And again, ASSEMBLY20 is the promo code to get 20% off your order. All right, well, it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Ryan, lots to rant about there from the end of that game. Take it away. Yeah, I mean, Indiana took what was going to be a really great win on their resume and threw it away in a minute. And, and that's on the players, it's on the coaches. I think the lineup at the end, a, clearly Devontae Green standing in the corner, taking a catching the ball very low and taking a flat-footed three-pointer and then driving in and almost throwing the ball over the backboard on a shot. I mean, that's just selfish play. And, and that's selfish play from the guy who had had some really good minutes in the game. And, and had looked like, hey, this is a guy who can be some instant offense off the bench. He was playing within himself for a lot of the day. And then just to throw it away like that in the last couple minutes it was was awful. I mean, Indiana had plenty of chances to put this game away, was lazy with the ball some. And then, you know, Jerome Hunter, a guy who played a really good game, turns the ball over, they get a three. Then you're thinking, okay, all you got to do is go down, get fouled, get your free throws, do something. And they really have a lost possession on offense with a lot of dribbling on the perimeter. Uh, and, and at that point, I'm sorry, Archie Miller should have taken a timeout or something. I mean, there's a, Archie gets a lot of uh, credit for this loss too, because I thought that his lineup at the end uh, for the last couple offensive possessions was not smart and, and had guys out there who weren't attacking, weren't doing what they needed to do. It's like they did what they needed to do for 19 minutes in that second half very well. And you would have felt great about this win if you're an Indiana fan. And then that last minute, they just fell apart. Rob Finnessy was invisible over the last couple minutes. He was he was, he was just deferring to Devontae Green and let Devontae Green run the offense, which is not what this team needs. This team needs somebody who's going to get everybody else involved. And Devontae, again, had some really nice moments in that game. But you blow it at the end, and you give all that goodwill away. And... I just it's it's puzzling to me how this team could go from having such great poise coming out of the half and playing so well and so smart and just blowing it in the last few minutes. Like, what are you doing? And and the last minute, especially, I mean, guys got caught up on that screen. Jalen Smith's wide open for that layup. And he, he might not. He had guys around him, but he was right where he wanted to be in the dead center of the floor. And that your job as a defense system, take that away. And they couldn't take that away. They left the guy open for three before that. Smith makes his basket and then jaws at the crowd. Doesn't get a technical, of course, even though he's screaming F you at the crowd. Uh, and then on the on the on the other end, the offense, they got a good shot. And look, Trace Jackson Davis, you're a five star all everything guy, you got a shot in the lane that was pretty much open and and you clanged it. Uh, he had a chance. It's not like that was a tough shot. It was a pretty easy shot. And he, I'm not blaming Trace for the loss, but he had a pretty easy layup and clanged it. So it was a, a, a my point by saying that is that everybody collapsed. It was just they went from playing so well to as soon as a press comes on at the end, they just fall apart. And it's that we've seen that happen before. Where they don't handle press well. Archie Miller needs to work on that. Because that, I mean, it's so easy to see this team late in a game 
have a lead with, you know, a couple times. It, sometimes it hasn't cost them the game, but they definitely have had trouble on a, against a full court press, getting the ball in, getting the ball up the court, not turning it over. I mean, this team didn't turn the ball over for most of the game. And all of a sudden you put a press on them and they throw it away immediately. And it's just that kind of stuff cannot continue to happen. I realize this team was on a good run of play, but this was a game that they should have won. They absolutely should have won this game. And at the end of the season, this could be a game that comes back and haunts them because you just lost a home game to a ranked team. You could have banked a quad one win. You could have banked a good win in the conference. You could have moved up in the conference. And that gives you a buffer where you don't have to win an extra road game. Now you got to go win an extra road game to make up for it. How hard is that in the Big Ten right now? So, I mean, it's completely disappointing from this team to blow this because if they had won this, you feel, even if they win it by one at the end making that shot, you feel like, okay, that was, you know, Kind of, kind of, almost gave us a heart attack, but at least they came away with a win. But now you're looking at it like, God, we're back to another step back. You know, it's another thing you got to work on and fix, and and you're starting from scratch. And now you got to go on the road and win games, and that's not how you win in the Big Ten. You protect that home floor. You have this massive home court advantage, and they didn't do it, and they blew it, and they had the game won and and handed it to Maryland, and it's so disappointing. And it's the kind of thing that cannot continue to keep happening. We've seen them melt down before, whether it's in the middle of the game or whatever. You cannot have these stretches where you just hand a team a game. And they've done it repeatedly this year. And I, I realize they just had some nice wins. But, man, this is so disappointing. I mean, this is bad. It feels like you're taking a, just a massive step back by losing this game. It is disappointing. You know, I think it's important to note that, you know, this now brings Indiana to five and one on the season in five point or, you know, games that are within five points. So they've been good. And Archie Miller in his history has been good, you know, as a coach winning close games. But, you know, and so I think at some point we were due probably for some bad luck in a close game. But what makes this a little different is it wasn't bad luck. It was bad decision making. Yep. I agree with you that I really don't understand what was going on with the lineups. I don't know why you're not playing three guards at the end of the game. Um, you know, I, I Bring thought Al Durham in, he's your free throw shooter. Like, yeah, I mean, and you, you know, yeah. And, you know, and look, I thought Devontae Green, you know, he led the team in scoring with 16 points. He had three assists and five rebounds. He made some really nice plays today. Yeah, he had a stretch but of the game. I actually really thought well. he was better in the first half, even though his numbers weren't as good because he really came out in the second half. I think he only went, you know, three for eight from the field, something like that. But it felt it felt like in the first half he was much more restrained. He was playing within things. He wasn't forcing it. He was very efficient. And in the second half, while he did make some plays, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, the banner moment came on the heels of that three possession stretch. Well, that three possession stretch where Indiana, you know, basically just went away from what they were doing to get good shots. Part of that was Devontae, you know, and and just taking an early three, throwing a bit of an ill-advised alley-oop. Like, it's almost like he got a little bit too comfortable in the game. And I was wondering if Archie was going to see that and pull him out. And he didn't. You know, and it just it kind of felt like everybody got a little bit too comfortable over the last minutes. Like, okay, we came back, we're gonna win. Oh, Maryland hit a three. Oh, oh, Mar- Jalen Smith made it. Oh, and it's like, oh my God, we're down by one all of a sudden. And, yeah. and you know, and look, we've seen th- look, and and the thing about Jerome Hunter is he was really good today, but we've seen him struggle with passing late in games. I like him as a defensive sub late in games. Offensively, that's a really tough spot to put him in. And I think, as to your point, you know, you've got some timeouts, you've got some guards, some ball handlers that you can play there. You can't. You there's just no real reason for Jerome Hunter to be in the backcourt against a press. He's not ready for that Agreed. yet. So I actually Agreed. put that. Now look, he's got to make a better pass. He's a basketball player. Make a yeah. good play. 
but I still put the but majority of the responsibility. Been in that situation. He hasn't yeah, been I put in that, that responsibility on the coaches. So yes. you know, I I here's what I don't want to do today. I don't want to overreact because you know this was a a home game against a ranked team that probably could have gone either way. Indiana's had some good luck in in close games. They were due to miss one. That's important. And and as you said, if Trace Jackson Davis makes that layup, it completely colors our possession of the entire game. So there were still some good things to take from this game, some bad things to take from this game, but it does hurt. And the result matters, and it's really going to have a lingering impact. So it does, I think, just the result and what happened, it is a little bit bigger than maybe, you know, what the actual moment was. So Yeah, and here, let me me, me just say this. You're ending this game on a meltdown. Like, that's why it feels this way. Like, if this meltdown had happened in the middle of the game, you maybe feel a little different. But... This was a meltdown at the end of the game in crunch time where you need to win games. That's what's disappointing to me. And yeah. they never regained their footing. They, you know, had they had Trace Jackson Davis missed, made that shot, you say, well, at least they regained some poise at the end and, and finished it off and won it. And, and so I saw somebody in the chat say, well, if they won by one, you'd be fine with it. Well, I wouldn't be fine with it. This would still kind of scare me that they fell apart as soon as the press came on. But you were up six with 110 to go and lost the game at home. Like, that's... That should concern everybody. And, and it's not just the one, you know, you lost a one point game. You have to consider where the game was. This wasn't a one point game back and forth, back and forth. They made a shot. Then you missed a shot. and The game was over. You were up six with one ten to go. You should never lose that game. I mean, at the very least, you should be getting fouled and going to the free throw line every possession at that point, because the other team, you're making the other team feel desperate. Instead, they took a bad shot. Uh, Maryland scored. They turned the ball over, basically handed it right to Maryland. Maryland got a three, and then they had a nothing offensive possession with a bad shot. Maryland came down, got an easy basket. I mean, the, you look at the way the way I'm not like, don't look at the score line and say, well, they lost by one, maybe just a shot. Set. Watch how it happened. And it was disturbing to see how the absolute lack of poise and focus in the biggest part of the game right there. So that's what concerns me. It's not the score, it's not anything yeah. like that. It, had they melted down and lost, you're still or in one. You're still like, all right, there's some issues here. They basically let Maryland back in the game. They were up six with one ten to go and lost the game. That's what the focus is. It's not what the score was. And and, and you have to understand that you got to close those games out, especially at home, especially at Assembly Hall, where you've got this huge advantage built in. You can't blow games like that. You just can't. I'm sorry. There's no, no I, you know. I look, I, you know, I agree with you. Hopefully this is one later in the season. It's like, man, you know, we really blew that one. It might have knocked us down a seed line in the NCAA tournament, something like that. But there is the potential for this loss to linger even bigger than that. We won't know the context of it until we see, you know, now what does Indiana do on the road? And, and I think that's where your point is a good one that you built up so much goodwill and momentum there in the second half, you know, to, to you, you come away with the win. You're like, man, we overcame a 14 point deficit. We won this game. We two big home wins. Hey, you take that momentum into the road. It'll be interesting to see how this team responds to this. You know, I, I just it really did feel like watching it, like they really relaxed. And we've seen Indiana do that. This has been a team that has struggled to kind of handle success within games, and it's like they just relaxed. And I was waiting for someone to kind of step up and resettle things. Whether that was the coaches, you know, to your point from earlier, you know, Rob Finnessy, is he going to step up and do that? And too often. The ball ended up in the hands of Devontae Green, and that's just not a good spot to put him in to you know to try and you know save a lead or settle you down a little bit. And so I just you know complete meltdown there over the final couple of minutes that uh, you know really is 
somewhat inexplicable because we've seen this team play with a lot more poise late in games. And, you know, today they, they obviously just weren't able to do it. Um, as okay, so we've talked about the meltdown and that was bad. Let's talk about Indiana's recovery in the second half, Ryan, because obviously the first half, everything bad that could have gone wrong went wrong. Maryland goes nine of 17 from three. They haven't been shooting well all year. Indiana gets out rebounded by five. They don't get to the free throw line. Trace and Rob Finnessy battle foul trouble. And I actually, you know, I felt good at halftime. Like I thought we were going to be fine, even though we were down nine, you know, talked about that on the halftime report and Indiana immediately reestablished themselves inside. They come back, regain control of the game. You know, there is still a lot to like about what happened the first 16, 17 minutes of the second half uh, for this team to come back like that. And it, you know, it began and ended really with getting the ball inside and, you know, you would like to have seen them maybe stay a little more committed to that in the first half and play a little better defense in the first half. But it is worth talking about that because the team did play really well for most of the second half before the inexplicable meltdown. And hopefully that's what they focus on and build on moving forward, not what happened at the end of the game. Hopefully they learn lessons from that, but hopefully they can take some confidence from what happened in the second half. Yeah. And, and look, it- they played really well for, as I said, for 19 minutes, I thought they played great. I thought they answered everything Maryland threw at them and continued to keep them at arm's length and then just kind of blew it at the end. And I'm getting some flack in the chat for saying that Indiana handed it to them. They handed them a turnover. They left the guy open for a three pointer. They didn't guard very well on the Jalen Smith layup. I, I I'm not. And then they had bad offensive possessions. Maryland took advantage credit Maryland. They absolutely took advantage of everything that IU did, but IU also, gave them easy opportunities to fill the, to, 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 you know, finish and, and credit to Maryland for that seven Oh run. Great job. But Indiana has to take care of its own business. And I'm more concerned with Indi- what Indiana does than what Maryland does. And what I'm saying is that Indiana took that last minute and, and blew it and played their worst basketball in the last, in, in the, the biggest part of the game. That's what I'm concerned with more than what Maryland did. Congrats to Maryland. Great job. I, I, like I don't know what I'm supposed to say there. I'm concerned with how Indiana played, and Indiana played very poorly in that last 110 and gave it. Again, that 19 minutes, you're right. They could build off that. Like They played really well. They answered everything. And by the way, Maryland is a bad matchup for Indiana all over the floor. I mean, it really is. It's not a great... They don't match up very well position to position with Maryland. So we saw that in the first half. Maryland really took advantage of a lot of the, the different uh, matchup problems that they can create, like Joey Brunk cannot guard Jalen Smith. It's just, it's, it's not nothing against Joey. He just doesn't have the quickness to go out on the floor with a guy like that and recover to the post in time. And we saw that early in the season, sometimes with Joey, it's just it, it, physically he and Deron Davis just can't do that, which was a smart job by uh, Archie Miller to switch Justin Smith and trace Jackson Davis onto um, Jalen Smith. And it worked and it, it worked much better. And, but I, I, I you know, again, smart moves, They've had the right lineups in, I felt like, for most of it. Jerome Hunter really rose to the occasion, played great, as you have been saying that he would eventually. Uh, but at the end, you just, in the last minute, the most important part of the game, you're just not poised. You turn the ball over. You have two, uh, three, really, well, two bad offensive possessions. One where you get the shot you want and just miss it. But it's that's concerning that at the, in the key moment, you don't step up. You know, that's that's really, really concerning. You brought it back to that. We were trying to we were trying to talk about something well, else. Well, you know, you're trying to go go positive with it. I'm saying I agree with you. The second half is something you can build off of. 
But then that last minute, yeah, I mean, that's what they're going to go over in film tomorrow. It's not going to be a great second half. It's going to be that last minute. Well, I hope, I mean, what I hope they go over in film, you're right. It is a bet. Maryland does present some unique challenges for Indiana because they really do. And they do. That was evident in College Park. They do. And they have guys who can get into the lane and they can really, because of the personnel they have, they present challenges for the pack line. We saw it in the first half and they present challenges against any defense, but specifically the way Indiana plays it. I thought Indiana adjusted in the second half. You know, I thought Trace Jackson Davis came out like a man possessed in the second half, both offensively and defensively. Unfortunately, he picked up a quick foul, but I thought that was smart. But I think it was also important to recognize that Indiana presents some challenges for Maryland because we have two bigs and they have one. And we went away from that in the first half a little bit too much, you know, got a little bit three happy. And and we were making them. We were six of nine in the first half. So you can't totally argue with that. But we were still playing a little bit out of how we wanted to play. And plus, we were missing layups, and Joey Bronk was terrible in the first half. But in the second half, we recommitted to that. And it's like we realized, okay, they have Jalen Smith, but he can only guard one of us. And so there's two of us down there. And so whether it was getting it into Trace or getting it into Joey or playing that high-low two-man game, I really – it's this was such a weird second half because I thought Indiana was so well coached for about 18 and a half minutes and the adjustments we made were really good and the players, you know, really played yeah, with a lot of well. poise. And then the last 90 seconds, it did all change, you know, and all of that went out the window and I thought we were poorly coached and timeouts didn't, you know, weren't taken. So it, this is, it's a, this is a weird game because the final minute and a half does color it all. But I really think it would be foolish to not pay attention to what Indiana did those first 18 and a half minutes to come back. And I also think it would be foolish to look at the first half and be like, Indiana played terrible. Indiana didn't play well in the first half, but Maryland also shot out of their minds and we missed layups. And if a couple of those flip, we're ahead at halftime, which is why it I was wasn't a concerned. Nine of, nine of 17. Yeah, nine of 17. And we did give up too many open ones. I get it. But we weren't nearly as bad as the score indicated. And then we played much better through that part of the second half. So, you know, this is one of those losses. Like, I feel like we have won and played worse basketball over 40 minutes than we did today. I agree. And that's that's what's so disappointing. Which is a weird – that's why this is a weird game to analyze. It really is. For sure. No, and and you got great performances today that you didn't think you would – you know, that maybe you haven't gotten. You got Jerome Hunter playing great basketball. And it's great to see. And if that continues – uh, it's going to be such a huge lift for this team. I thought Deron Davis played better than Joey Bronk today. And, and that's not a knock on Joey. It's just a tough matchup for Joey. But I thought Deron Davis played better and played so well in the post with, you know, his finishing and then his passing and his vision and the kickouts and all of that stuff. He had a he monster offensive rebound, too. Yeah. And then I thought that Rob Finnessy played pretty well for at parts. I mean, it's a tough matchup for him against Cowan, but I thought he played really well at parts. He didn't force the action. He moved the ball. Uh, he looked like a point guard today and he only had 10 points, but I felt like seven he, assists. He had, yeah, he had seven assists and I felt like he didn't force the ball at all. And, you know, so it's, again, I think that's why it feels so disappointing is because you got these extra performances. You had guys playing pretty well. I thought Justin Smith for the most part played pretty good defense when he had difficult covers in the, in the second half and, and in the late first half. Um, I didn't think he was great offensively, but he picked up eight rebounds. He really sold out to play defense and you feel okay about that. Um, you know, I, it's just, again, that's why it's more disappointing is because there was good stuff. It's not like when they, when they beat Northwestern, they played awful all game, you know, or, or, you know, I mean, I, I guess I was less disappointed when they went to Maryland and got blown out because nobody played well. And you're like, well, they have to play better than that. Like they actually played pretty well today. And then it's just like, they couldn't close the deal. And so that's, it's disappointing. And, and that's why I keep repeating that because it's, 
that's the overarching feeling here is they played really well and then couldn't finish it off. And it's kind of sad. Would Indiana have won if race Thompson had been available? Probably. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. If race, I, I, I actually, I, Michigan state. I, I, yeah. If you had had him for some of those first half possessions to throw on Jalen Smith, I actually do think he makes a one point difference. I, I think so but too. It's, it's neither here nor there. I just wanted to tee you up for that. Just trying yeah, to cheer huh? you up a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's been a rough day all around. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure some of you have it seen has. the news. So It has. All right, let's, uh, let's break and we'll come back. All right, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's just crushing one-point loss to Maryland, I will point out some meaningful moments that you might have missed. Then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? The full court dribble and a perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Verdell. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 77-76 loss to Maryland as the Hoosiers just collapse over the final 90 seconds of a game that they felt really firmly in control of for the last 12-13 minutes of the second half after being down by a lot early on. Uh, it is time for meaningful moments that you might have missed. Uh, one that I you know, I just want to touch on real quick in the first half that I thought was important was Indiana was down 14. Armand Franklin got in the game and quickly scored five points that I thought were really, really important points for Indiana. He knocked down a three. Uh, he did, you know, curled off a screen, hit a little mid-range jumper. That got it to nine, and that's what the first half deficit ended up being. So he actually didn't play a ton in the first half. But I, I think as you think back to kind of the flow and getting that back under 10 uh, in the first half was really important. So a hat tip to Armand uh, for some really important play in the first half. But, you know, what I really want to talk about, and this can lead us, Ryan, into a discussion about Jerome Hunter, because, you know, this was obviously, uh, you know, a big breakout game for Jerome. He's in double digits. He scores 12 points. He knocks down three three-pointers, you know, played 27 minutes, which I have to look, but I think that's the most he's ever played. It certainly felt like the most he's ever been out there. But the plays that really stuck out to me, Ryan, were actually plays where he didn't score. And I think, look, ignore the bad pass at the end of the game because that was terrible. We've already talked about that. I don't even think he should have been on the court to be able to make that mistake. But I thought what you saw today were two of the more underrated aspects of his game that are developing. And, you know, we saw the scoring, but I think defensively and his offensive decision making overall have improved. And so you go back to when it was 46-45 in the second half, and there were two straight possessions where I thought his defense on Daryl Morcell was just outstanding. On one, he basically chased Morcell around several screens and just stayed connected with him. Didn't allow him to get the ball. Nothing that's going to jump out on the stat sheet, not a steal or a block, but just that ability to stay connected to your guy and not let him do exactly what he wants to do was really important. And then on the next trying to drive down, by him, he kept trying to drive by him every time. Yeah, too, well, and and that to the point, the next possession down, he did drive by him. But what Jerome has gotten better at, because you know he Jerome doesn't have great lateral quickness, but what he's figured out a little bit is when he gets beat, how to sprint and then beat his man to the spot. And so Marcel got a step on him. Jerome sprinted, ended up forcing a miss. And then going down the other way, Indiana gets it in transition. And you'll remember this, Ryan, because I think you texted about it. I think it was Al or Rob or somebody threw it up to Jerome. 
And he could have taken the shot. And it's a shot that we've seen him take before in transition, but he smartly passed it up. Indiana goes around the horn. They get it inside to Brunk, which they were doing all half. They mm-hmm. scored, and that gave them their first lead. And it's the defense of Jerome. Some of that, you know, look, I didn't think his offensive decision-making against Michigan State was very good, but on balance, he's starting to recognize a little bit better when is a good time he's to fire a, feel a shot in transition. Yes. And so I think all of those things kind of led to – this breakout. It wasn't just the points. The points were great, but you're seeing a guy really emerge as a more complete player for Indiana, which is going to be huge for this team down the stretch and was especially huge with Race Thompson out today. So a tip of the cap to Jerome for the points coming, but to me, what was more impressive were some of the things he did outside of the scoring. Yeah, and and look, he was also you know, grabbing rebounds and he got fouled on, you know, at one point on the, on a late uh, shot clock uh, play. So, I mean, he's, he's had an impact across the board today and, and certainly at the end that turnover, we talked about it. That's disappointing, but you're right. I don't think you should have been on the floor and in that situation because you haven't been in that situation before. Now I know you got to throw him into a situation like that at some point, but you just kind of felt like that might not have been the spot for him. Um, but at the same time, I, I just did thought that his all-around game was really good, and coming on the heels of Race Thompson, really looking really good against, um, looking really good against uh, Michigan State. You get both of those guys who are versatile and can do multiple things on the floor, kind of up to speed. Your bench is that much better, and and those are two guys that you can project to future starting lineups. You know, I mean, you're starting to look at two guys who can really affect the game in a number of ways on both ends. Uh, Jerome, it was easily his best game. I thought he got, thought he got a little uh, trigger happy on the three at one point, you know, they took it, took a really quick one at one point, but you know, guy was feeling it. You got to let him, you got to let him stretch his legs a little bit. Um, But I I thought that he played very well. And I thought that it was, you know, he played 27 minutes. That has to be his high, his career high. Um, I think that, that it's a guy who, is looking more and more comfortable. And we've said for a long time that once he sees a couple go down, you're going to see his whole game get better because he's not just thinking about shooting. He's thinking about, you know, the whole entire game. Once he gets that monkey off his back of hitting a couple. I love the mentality that he and Armand Franklin have. I mean, those guys come out to attack. And as we've talked about with young players, you would rather have to slow a young player down than speed them up, you know, and those guys just come out and they're ready to attack. And they were big. Look, there was no question. This was going to be a big day for the bench. Indiana played Thursday night against Michigan State. That is always a physical game. The Hoosiers left everything on the court. You didn't have Race Thompson. I just I thought that a slow start was inevitable, especially with it being an early game. That's obviously what happened for Indiana. So the bench, you know, Armand with five, Devontae with 16, Deron Davis with four. We've talked about him, Jerome Hunter with 12. Those guys were huge today. So, you know, that that was really important when Indiana needed it because there have been some games where the bench has struggled to step up. The other uh, meaningful moment, you know, that I want to point out, Ryan, goes back to the beginning of the second half when Indiana, you know, absolutely just came storming back. Yep. And I thought they really fed off the energy of their freshman, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, who didn't play much in the first half because of two fouls uh, and came out in the second half like a man possessed. He was guarding uh, Jalen Smith. And I thought, you know, the first possession, he gets it down low and just, you know, goes straight to the basket, scores. On the next possession, they do a nice high-low uh, trace to Joey Brunk yep. uh, for the score. Which I want to see more of, by the way. That, yeah. that combo works really well and, in that situation. You know, but what you saw then from Trace when he went back on the defensive end was fire. And he really took on the challenge of guarding Jalen Smith those first couple minutes. 
And I don't think I've ever seen a guy defend a ball screen just playing as hard as Trace. You know, I mean, you could just see him sprinting to get back. And look, if you're going to do what Indiana likes to do, which is get out and hedge some of those ball screens, if you're going to do it well, sometimes guys just have to play all out from an effort standpoint. And I was just so impressed with Trace's effort. Now, he picked up that foul, that third foul early, which kind of killed his momentum there early in the half, but his teammates yeah. picked him up. And for only playing 19 minutes against you know a future NBA player in Jalen Smith, he had 13 points, eight boards, and three assists. Some of his passing was great. So yeah. I just thought the block, the big to big passing today was especially good. I yeah, thought. it was outstanding. You know, and every you know when Indiana went away from that is when they hit some lulls offensively. So, but I was just I was really impressed for him coming in after that sec that first half where he didn't get to play much, you wonder how a guy's going to respond to that. And I thought his energy early in the second half absolutely set the tone for, you know, the first 18 and a half minutes of the half before it all went to crap. But credit to Trace, uh, you know, for what he did prior to that. What uh what moments stood out to you, Ryan? Any notable uh, ones? I, I just, I mean, sadly, the last part, but no, it was that entire stretch at the beginning of the first half where they came out, you know, guns blazing on fire and just took it right to Maryland. And it was a lot of, look, we're going to go inside no matter what you try and do. And they went inside and got some kickouts. They got the ball inside, got some baskets. I, it wasn't a specific moment. It was the feeling of that momentum shift in the beginning. And then they kind of battled each other. The two teams kind of battled each other for a little bit. And then Indiana just started inching ahead every possession forcing Maryland into contested shots, getting rebounds. I mean, Indiana out-rebounded Maryland 22-13 to 13 in the second half. And that's a good rebounding team, like a decent rebounding team. And they hammered them on the glass in the second half. Indiana only had 11 rebounds in the first half. And and so they really went at it and, and absolutely, I thought, played incredibly well. And they contested shots, I felt like, much better than they did in the first half. So it was really that first segment of the game that you noted where they just sort of took that lead and 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 didn't give it back until the end of the half and and it was their first lead of the game too really was when it came at that uh that first part of the first half so or the second half so i think it was they clearly got direction and fixes and and i'll give the the coaching staff credit for this direction and and changes and you know change the game plan here's what we're going to do lineup changes were perfect everything to really get that run in the beginning of the first half. And and they came out and they executed it and they executed it perfectly. And, and Maryland had to call a timeout early and, and it was Mark Turgeon was yelling at people. I mean, it was great to see because I always love seeing Mark Turgeon yell, yell at people because that seems to be his only coaching trait. I will tell you the other meaningful moment that stands out in a bad way. So Indiana was up 69 to 64. Uh, Jalen Smith missed a three-pointer, and Al Durham got it. Uh, got a rebound. Legion transition. It's a, it was after Oop the loss. Yeah. Yes. So it's seventy-one sixty-four, and that it really felt like the game was basically teetering. That was like it. we are we yeah. are about to bury Maryland, and so they go down on the other end. They miss a layup. Trace gets the rebound. He throws it up ahead to Al. And Al takes a three. And look, on yep. the one hand, it was too quick because we need to get the ball inside. That's where we're, you know, buttering our bread or whatever, yep. you know, cliche you want to use. But man, like in the moment, I was like with the crowd. Yes, and with everything, the, like because yeah. if he makes that shot, it's over. Game's like over. the game is over. And he had just made the one against Michigan State. So I hear the argument for why that was a bad shot. And I you might be right, but I'm not going to be a hypocrite. In the moment, I wanted him to take it because I think sometimes when you've got a chance to bury a team in a big moment, you take it. And I liked seeing the confidence from Al, although I will say 
I'm not sure that he really earned the right to take that shot with the rest of the way that he played today. Cause I thought for the most part out of outside of a couple of really aggressive uh, takes that he had in the first half, I thought he really, this was just another one of those games where Al is kind of invisible for part of it, you know, only has four points, did have three assists, but just really didn't get a lot going. But I was glad he took it. I thought it was going to go in. If he does, then all this other stuff that we're talking about at the end of the game is probably moot, but he missed it. Maryland goes down the other end, gets an and one, and they're right back in the game. So, yeah. you know, I again, I hear you. If you want to say that's a bad shot, I understand that argument. You might be right, but I'm... I'm not going to be a hypocrite. You know why it was a bad shot? Because <laughs> it didn't go in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really... It was, uh, to be fair, it was way off. He rushed it. It was. It um, was. And, th- and that may have been what made it a bad shot. Okay, so yeah. that that's the point is his feet weren't really set. And so yeah. it's a moment to take the shot because you can bury the guy. But if your feet aren't set, don't force it. Yeah, so maybe and, that's and if they maybe pull that's it how out, you just split if they it. pull it out there and get a bucket, it's just as big as getting that three. You know, I mean, it's not points wise, but if you pull it out and get a layup, it buries them still. And, and I, yeah. just, you know, it, so it, it, it's, it's a tough shot to take, but at the same time, I get the being caught up in the moment and Al, especially after his last game in Michigan state hitting a couple of really big threes. I know I get why the kid's taking that shot. And it look, I mean, it, and it really, when you look at how the game went, it was one of the most pivotal decisions of the game. And I get everybody yep. who's in the chat who says it was a bad shot because the clock was our friend. You're absolutely right. Um, yep. you know, it would have been wiser to kill the clock and feed the post. You're absolutely right. No question about it. I mean, if, if you take it, you got to make it. And I, I will say the fact that his feet weren't really set, you yeah. know, that, that he probably ru- does he, make it. And a bad he decision. rushed it out of his hand too. And yeah. you could tell, cause it was way short to the right. And, you know, or I don't remember, I think it was to the right. Yeah. He just over, overshot yeah. it, frankly. And, <sighs> but you know, at the time, you're right at the time he makes that as it's in the air, you're like, ah, and then he missed it, you know? And <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it, there were a lot of bad decisions down the stretch that led to this loss. Let's be real. And, and, um, you know, Jerome getting caught up with that pass. If you're not hundred percent sure you have a pass against a trap call timeout, you know, you have, you have those in your pocket and there's a reason if you're winning, there's a reason you keep your timeouts in your pocket. And it's for that call timeout. We'll set something up. And, you know, it just, you know, it was a lot of things that snowballed and again, credit Maryland, they made the right plays. Too, you know, there are plenty of teams who were down by that much who miss the shot when they get the open three or miss the layup when they get it in front of the rim. Trace had essentially what was the same shot as Jalen Smith got dead in the middle of the lane, and and we missed it. They made it. That was you know that wound up being uh, what cost us the game, and and so I, I, you know, credit to Maryland for finishing it off, but at the same time, Indiana man, th- there's a lot of things you have to work on after this game now and it's it's poise it's i mean breaking a press like come on you got that you know there's basic tenets to breaking a press you don't break a press with a dribble you break it with passing and everybody's got to be on their game and moving the ball and if you got a one-on-one matchup with your point guard yeah you break it with a dribble other than that don't drive yourself into a corner don't give it to a guy who doesn't know what he's doing you know i mean there's there's plenty of rules there and make sure your inbounder is your best passer i mean there's little rules that Indiana just over the last couple of years, Indiana has struggled against that. And that's something they need to work on because it came back to bite them. Yeah. Uh, let's talk numbers real quick. You know, I think the big one that jumps out for Indiana is 22 assists on 30 made field goals. Yep. You know, you're starting no, to they see were that great number tick up. Today. Obviously, you know, Rob Finnessy being there had a big part to do with that, but four other guys had three assists and the interior passing, as we said, was magnificent. Um, I thought Deron Davis's minutes, as we mentioned, were awesome. The second half rebounding was really good. And that was a, an important element for yeah. Indiana to kind of regain control. 
the Hoosiers did only get 10 free throws, and you know, six of those were from guards. So, you know, it was in the first game against Maryland, Indiana really struggled to score against their length. And today they didn't get fouled a lot, but you know, credit to Trace, credit to Joey, credit to Duran, especially in the second half, they found ways to get buckets against a team that's pretty good, you know, in terms of two point defense. And so that was good to see. The but officiating I, was also really weird to the first yeah. half. They weren't calling anything. In the second half, they were calling everything at one stretch. Then they stopped calling everything. I mean, it was yeah. it was really dis- shockingly in the Big Ten. It was really disjointed and, and yeah. kind of stupid. The turnover number, obviously good. Six turnovers, you'll take that because that buried Indiana at Maryland. But, you know, I'll tell you the number for me that really stands out. And, you know, this isn't necessarily a criticism of him because I think overall numbers-wise and on balance, he played a good game. But Devontae Green took eight shots in the second half. And, you know, Trace Jackson Davis took seven. No one else took more than four. That's too many shots for Devontae Green in the second half. It's not just the fact that he only went three for eight or that he was only one for five on threes. It's not about the result. It's about the process. And I thought Devontae, in the first half of the game, I thought it was one of the best halves that he's played in a while. He had seven points. He had no turnovers. He had an assist. He was three for three uh, from the field. No, two for two from the field. Made a couple of free throws. He was efficient and picked his spots. And in the second half, he got a little bit looser with the decision-making. And I thought there were a couple of opportunities where, you know, either Rob Finnessy's got to get that ball and be more assertive. Archie, you know, has to get the message across that we need to get the ball inside. So, again, you know, Devontae made a few of them, and some of them were big shots, but I thought he forced a few too many. And on a, in a half where the offense was really rolling – some patience in those opportunities, I think, could have been the difference in the game. So this was not a game where Devontae played poorly. He had 16 points, five rebounds, three assists, no turnovers. He was a big part of the reason why Indiana had the chance to win, but he took some things off the table with some of those decisions in the second half. And Particularly late. I thought yeah. he had a couple possessions late where he just kind of tried to play hero ball, and it was just, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you're winning with a pro. The process is why you're winning, and and to go away from the process is... You know, it's silly. There were a couple times he got down late clock and he just fired a shot off that had no chance of going in. And yeah. that, that flat-floated three-pointer on the wing, too, was just like, if he catches that in his chest and is leaning forward, all right, you can take that shot. But he caught it low, was leaning back, kind of looked, and then shot it. And it was just, it's not a good shot ever for him. So, I mean, it's just a matter of recognition. I think that some of these guys need to to recognize when things are good, when things are bad, and, and what's what they're doing to make it work. Um, anyway, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the same stuff we've been talking about. It's just a, a matter of recognition and poise in those big moments. And that that's what, obviously that's what costs you the, the difference between a win and a loss is just smarts and poise. And I felt like they didn't have it when it mattered today. Yeah. Any other stats for you that jump out? Um, I, I thought the rebounding, as you mentioned, was really important <laughs> bench points. Uh, for Indiana, 37 to 12 over yeah. Maryland. Uh, a lot of that from Jerome Hunter and Devontae Green. Uh, I thought the bench played well. I thought that, you know, other than Demise Anderson, who was only in for four minutes and looked kind of lost offensively, I thought, uh, you know, a couple, there were a couple sets they ran where he didn't know what they were in. And then there was not a bounds play where they had to call timeout because he didn't know what they were running. It's um, not going to earn uh, you more minutes. No, no. And look, he hasn't played in a while. And, you know, he was. Uh, sick at one point, didn't you know? Didn't dress, and I don't know if he's just behind, but it, it didn't look good. And um, they could have used uh, apparently without with Ray Thompson out. They were going to give him another shot. Um, but I, I really thought that Joey Brunk struggled in the first half, and so you know he had finished three of seven from the field, but he missed about three layups in the first, at least two layups in the first half that were just 
you know, Joey Brunk makes those, you know? And so I thought his first half was a real struggle. Um, I'm not sure all the numbers bear that out, but it, it, he just, he looked lost defensively. Of course. I mean, again, we, we talked about, it. it's a tough defensive assignment for him. It's just physically, he can't do it. Uh, and if they play, if they happen to play Maryland again, I hope they start the game with somebody else on Jalen Smith. Cause that was just, I mean, he Jalen Smith lit him up. Um, but that's the, that's, yeah. I guess that's another status. Jalen Smith, 29 points, 11 boards. I mean, and four of six from three, he just ruined IU today. He was the only guy that you were afraid of, really. Cowan had his moments, and he did finish with 18. But it, it just, Jalen Smith did everything for Maryland. He was the guy who made it go. And so, you know, for a guy to get 29 and 11 on you on your home floor, is that's a rough one. The chemistry yep. that the three of you have. Sorry, I did not mean to hit that. <laughs> oh, great. Real professional over there. Yeah, sorry, I hit the wrong button. But nice to have Megan make an appearance on the show. So nice to... Nice to hear yeah. you, Megan. <laughs> Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. All right. Uh, coming up on the assembly call, we are going to hand out our game balls. Then we will hit any other lingering storylines from this game and then look ahead to what's next for Indiana. They're at home. It's time to go on the road. We'll talk about what that's going to be like, and then it'll be time for last call. Stick with us here on the assembly call. Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the Assembly Call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. Well, sorry to disappoint you, Ethan, but Ryan's here I'm so today. sad you're gone, Ethan. <laughs> so sad. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. While you are there, make sure that you sign up for the free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That is IU to 66866. I'm Jared Morse. Here with Ryan Phillips, we are breaking down Indiana's one-point loss to Maryland today. It's time now for the game balls, Ryan. I, I'm i having a hard time with this one. I'm not sure where I'm going to go with it, so I will kick it over to you to begin. Oh, oh, that's what you do? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to Jerome Hunter. Um, probably grading on a curve there because I think J- Trace Jackson Davis might have been the best player for Indiana, but I think Jerome Hunter on both ends really stepped up, and Trace Jackson Davis only played 19 minutes. Um, when he was on the floor, he was obviously very impactful, but I think Jerome Hunter's stepping up today really helped Indiana. Just it helped everybody else on the floor. Um, I would say it's a real three-way horse race for me between Hunter, Rob Finnessy, and Trace Jackson Davis. Um, but I would say Jerome Hunter with his four or seven from the field, three of six from three. Those threes were all big, and they really helped Indiana sort of turn the momentum in the first half. Uh, two of them helped Indiana turn the momentum in the first half. Yeah, um, and then he, you know, got fouled, made a free throw, four rebounds. I thought I think he's really been rebounding well lately. Um, had the one turnover late, which obviously was enormous. But I, as we've said, I don't think he should have been in that position. And on top of that, I just thought played really good defense all day. And, you know, he got beat once or twice, but I thought in general he he, he played solid defense. So I'll give it to Jerome, his first uh, nomination for me. Yeah, that's, you know, I thought about Jerome. Obviously, Deron, Deron Davis gets honorable mention. I think it's tough to, you know, give a guy a game ball who only yeah. played 13 no, minutes. No, I agree. But they I were thought, huge I his, minutes. His minutes were huge. Yeah, so if you want to you want to say him, that's fine. You know, I thought Rob Finnessy with his seven assists, and I thought Rob Finnessy's two threes early when it was 12 to three. You know, Maryland jumped out to that lead. I thought those two threes early were really, I mean, even though they eventually pushed it back out to 14, we needed someone to step up and make some shots, and he did. But 
you know, given how he kind of disappeared late, tough to give it to him. The reason why I'm going to go with Trace over Jerome, and it's close, is because Indiana came back in this game because they got it inside. And the two biggest stretches of the game, the beginning of the half, when Indiana goes on that, you know, 7-0 run, 9-0 run, whatever it was, and they ended up taking the lead, Trace was the catalyst of that. And then later on in that middle part, which I've mentioned before, when they hit the skids offensively, what turned it around? They got it inside, and Trace and Duran were playing off each other. And so the way that Trace bounced back from a tough first half where he didn't play much, didn't get into the flow, and and came back in the second half, and he ends up second on the team in scoring with 13 points, has eight boards, the three assists were big. Even though he only played 19 minutes, I thought he was Indiana's best player, and I thought the stretches yeah. where he got going were huge for Indiana. So I, I'll listen to arguments for all those guys. Um, uh, we'll leave it to the chat. Yeah, you know, and... I think kind of another. I, I, honor- I will say, I will say, I thought it was pretty even between those two. I think I'm giving it to Jerome just because we haven't yet. You know, I, I have to admit, yeah. that I'm kind of grading. And on and look, you can Devonte Green. We already talked about the bad decisions that he made. The guy scored 16 points, had five boards and three assists, and made a lot of good plays today. So and no I wouldn't turnovers. give I wouldn't give him a game ball personally, but he played well. So. You know, it's it's really easy to dump on Devonte, and we already talked about the issues that he had at the end of the game. But don't let that cloud your overall opinion of how he played today. He was a big part of the reason why Indiana stuck in it in the first half because he played really well in the first half, and he had some big shots in the second half. So, so you I'm want you want to hear some some funny plus minus numbers? Oh God, I, I, I saw them. I know they make it no was sense. Worse, it was the worst on IU with a minus ten. So maybe he shouldn't have gotten the game. But I don't know. No, but, it's just because they were hitting on, all those threes was, in the first half and, when he was and out. And he there. was on he was on the floor for the end too. Yeah. Uh, but what I thought was interesting was Armand Franklin plus seven, Joey Brunk plus three, Trace Jackson Davis was zeroed out, and uh, Deron Davis was a plus six as yeah. well. That's why so, those numbers without context really. I know. You know I know. It's just anything. A, hey, Al Durham plus one. It, you know, hey. but you've got uh, <laughs> you've got Devontae Green was a minus six. Uh, Fantasy was a minus four. So it's really an odd list. You know, there's not it's not like you can see the the which lineup was the best because some of the guys who were on the floor together are way off on their uh, plus minus. So, um, all right. So chat mob, we need you. You guys have to break the tie here because Ryan went Jerome. I went Trace. So if you guys can put some votes out there and then if someone can tally them up and let me know who the winner is, it's you know, it's a good problem to have where I think. You know, you've got a lot of guys who are deserving, you know, and but obviously it, they, it means a little less and it's a little bit less fun to do when the uh, when the game ended in a loss. I so. know, but I don't I don't buy it. You know, I know sometimes sometimes we get ticked and there was a game this year where we didn't award a game ball. Um, we shouldn't have in that game. Was that Wisconsin or Maryland? It might have been the first Maryland game. I think it was I, I think that Maryland was totally game. warranted. I don't I don't I don't feel that's warranted in this game today. Um, looks like looks like the chat today. mob is is sticking with me and going with Hunter. I think they're going with Jerome. I am yeah, fine with that. Look, I'm you know yeah. I've that been, guy needs I've been that guy needs for this one. day for a long time. Yeah, the last couple games he's really played better. Michigan State not as much, uh, but he, he you've seen it coming, sort of slowly, yes. slowly building. And and today he really had a breakout. Yeah, so it looks like and, it's and honestly he gets the game ball for what it means for the program that he's breaking out. Honestly, look, so. we've been talking about it for a while. His emergence is one of the you know. The health of Rob Finnessy, you know, some of that stuff, that is obviously huge. But Jerome Hunter emerging and becoming a consistent threat off the bench absolutely changes the trajectory of what this team can do for the rest of the season because he has not contributed much and he hasn't contributed much in big wins. He was a non factor in the Michigan State game. But if he can start doing this, this is what we've all heard about since he was a recruit, have been waiting for, it is really, really big. So, 
hopefully this is a sign of things to come from Jerome because we know what kind of potential he has, and it is fun to see it on a day like today. We've pretty much talked about everybody and every element of this yeah. game. Um, just, uh, you know, it's a, this was a weird game. <laughs> it's a, a really weird day, weird Jared. Game. We haven't even mentioned it, the other thing. Well, all right. Do you want to mention it? Yeah, I, I, I haven't. Sure. All I've seen are the tweets about. It. I I haven't seen any like, news reports. Or anything. Uh, well, it's been confirmed that Kobe Bryant passed away today in a, a helicopter crash, and now there are reports. I'm not even going to tell what the reports are because they're not confirmed yet. I'm not going to go there. But um, you know, Kobe Bryant. Obviously, I don't know about you, Jared, but growing up in our generation, he was. You know, I was a sophomore in high school when he went pro out of high school and and yeah. everybody wanted to be Kobe Bryant and and just the way he played and that bulldog mentality and he just had that insane work ethic that so few guys have where he's at I remember one story he told somebody to show up at he's like what time are you going to work out tomorrow I want to work out with you and I think this was when he was doing team USA on the redeem team in 2008 and he said well I'm going to be I'm going to be in the gym at 4 and so they showed up at 4 p.m. and he wasn't there. And they were like, what the hell, man? He just skipped out of me. He's like, dude, I was in at 4 a.m. And I worked out till 8 a.m. Like that was just, he was just one of these legendary guys who just had those insane workouts. And that's how he was good for so long. Was he just, he just had that insane drive and focus. I mean, Jordan was the same way, you know, just a guy who just wanted to win so badly that he just, he would rip the other guy's face off to do it. And, and, you know, He'd kill himself just to be able to win. And and that was the thing about Kobe Bryant that was so special and so special to watch for so many years was, again, we're seeing it with LeBron James as well, but just his longevity and how good he was for so long before he tore his Achilles. Season before he tore his Achilles, he was averaging, you know, he's in his mid-30s and he was averaging like 30, 27, 8, and 8 or something like that. I mean, you know, that injury obviously ended his career, even though he played on for a couple of seasons, but. He was just one of those guys that was amazing to watch play basketball. And it just every time, every game you'd watch. And growing up in Southern California, I, you know, was a Laker fan. And I grew up, you know, when I was born, Magic was the guy. And just watching Kobe play for all those years with just a insane desire to win and a drive that nobody else had. And then to see, watch him every night. And every night he would do something where you just be like, oh my God, what was, he? like, how did he do that? And, and, um, so obviously, and, and here's the thing about him, he's mellowed a lot and he had just started to become a mentor to some younger players. Jason Tatum had talked about that. How he had reached out to Kobe and Kobe had been more than willing to go help him and work out with him. That whole group of players when they were young and played with Kobe in the Olympics all went on to greatness. It was, it was LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, you know, all those guys looked up to him and, uh, you know, took his work ethic and, and you know, took it on themselves. And, and I think it was James or Wade said that I, I watched Kobe. I thought I was working out hard and then I watched Kobe and I changed everything I was doing because yeah. they all wanted to be him. So, uh, just a really, really sad day for the sports world and basketball, because we're not going to have that guy to be, you know, an ambassador to younger players and teach them, you know, how to play. And obviously a real sad day for Southern California because we were such, you know, fans of his on the court. He certainly didn't have to like him, and there were a lot of people no, who, not did, at all. who didn't not, like him and who rooted against him. Totally. But you certainly, as a player, you had to respect him and his work Agreed. ethic and, and, and his, his and willingness never... to, to you know to take big shots and to be the guy. And the one thing I'll say is, you know, there obviously, you know, he had some great teams, had some teams that disintegrated, and there were questions about him as a teammate and his yep. leadership style. What I would say about that is, you know, greatness isn't comfortable a lot. No, and and, and he had. 
you know, he had that drive to be great that was inspiring just to watch from afar. I'm sure, it, you know, teammates bristled at it, and I'm sure it wasn't pleasant mm-hmm. to be with him all the time. And, you know, you, I'm sure, you know, maybe there's some things he would do differently as a leader at different points in his uh, in his basketball career. But, you know, it's you would rather have that guy in your foxhole than not if you're playing a basketball game. Yeah, you know, and I think just it, his talent you know, and drive were were really to be respected. And all those stories about Michael Jordan being just an awful teammate. Well, he was an awful teammate to people because he expected them to put in the effort that he did and, and to win the way he did. And Kobe was the same way. They were wired the same way. And and certainly Kobe had his detractors. And I, I fully understand those. I see the other side of the coin there. Um, and certainly he had personal issues as well. And obviously I'm not claiming the man was perfect. But from a basketball standpoint, just as a basketball player, he was one of those guys that it just you stopped everything you were doing to watch him play because it was so incredible what he could do on the, on a basketball floor. And I believe LeBron James last night just said he had no flaws offensively. He was the one guy who had no flaws in his game and it was just phenomenal to watch. And, and uh, I will miss, you know, hearing stories about him. I mean, we'll still hear the stories, but I will miss him telling them and, and, uh, and, you know, the chance that he will have to, he would have had to mentor people. And obviously men have four children. So, uh, and he was only forty one, only forty one years old, and it's just forty one. Man, it is. Uh, you know the the thing when you hear news like this, it's such a reminder that man, it could happen at any time to anybody. Yep. You know, to just cherish the time that you have and the moments that you have, because none of us are promised another day. You know, so make the most of yep. the ones that we have and be grateful. Absolutely. But yeah, or obviously, you know thoughts to his family and to everybody who's mourning him today. That's a, uh, I mean, it's, it kind of feels a little numb right now, you know, it does. It's, and, it's, you know, and, and the news broke right in the middle of the second half. So it was really hard to kind of yeah. come on here and do this because it's such a emotional, you know, situation in a sad day. And I'm yeah. jumping off here and I'm going to go work on that all afternoon because everybody's yeah. going to have their, uh, going to have their tributes out. Yeah. So, all right. Let's. We can kind of make quick work of the rest. Of it. I don't, have we covered all that the elements of this game? I don't. I don't have a whole lot else to say about this game, just because it was. You know, it was such a weird one. Indiana clearly left a big win on the court, but it's not. You know, if that. I. I think if that's the only thing that you focus on, you're really missing some of the bigger picture parts about this game. Look, here's but ultimately, I, it's a devastating loss, and it is. you can't explain that away. But here's here's what I will say. Indiana's better than it was three weeks ago. It's Heck better yeah. than it was two weeks ago. And, and so, yeah, the loss is devastating because of that last stretch. And you just... you you <coughs> Everybody wants their teams to have poise in the key moments. That's what wins. And we is. have most of the season. Exactly. You know? I mean, that, no, I agree. And it's just that that you got everything else working and then the thing that you have been able to rely on goes, you know? And so it's now yeah. it's like, oh, that's another thing to work on. It's like, it's like when you're patching a car up and then the door falls off and you're like, oh, I got to put that back on. <laughs> yeah, and then when you're good. doing that, a hubcap falls off. You're like, ah, ah, got to go. You know, it, it's, it's, it's not that dire, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, this should have been a win. I mean, there's no yes. excuse yes. for what happened. It's, it, it was a gut punch. It was a gut punch. Yeah. It but you're, it's like you're punching yourself in the gut, though. You know, I mean, again, credit to Maryland for taking advantage. And they did in a tough environment. And they I'm Good sure on them, their yeah. end, you know, their fans, you know, the Maryland postgame show or Mark Turgeon, I'm sure they're talking about, you know, how they maintained their attitude in that second half and fought, even though it looked like Indiana might blow it open and they storm back at the end, you know, but damn. 
Damn. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Um, so you look Missed ahead. opportunity. Missed you look ahead. Indiana goes on the road. Uh, Maryland on Wednesday. Uh, at Ohio State on Saturday. You know, no, sorry, Penn State on Wednesday, and then Ohio State. This Penn State team, uh, they are fourteen and five, four and four in the conference. You know, they had lost three in a row there and were kind of hitting the skids a little bit and righted themselves a little bit. You know, they beat Ohio State, uh, they beat Michigan, so they've won two in a row, and they'll have a week off. So they will be fully rested, obviously, for that game. Uh, You know, Penn State has been a place, it's one of those weird places where it never feels like Indiana plays well, but we usually win. (laughs) You know, it just kind of win ugly. This is a a better Penn State team than we're used to. No, this is a a good Penn State team, Um, and so obviously Indiana's going to have to bring it. But I think it is, a you know... I don't know if you would say that you expect to win because it's on the road and you know the Ken, Ken Palm gives Indiana a 32% chance to win. My expectation is to bump that up a little bit. I mean, I think this is, this is one of those winnable road games. Penn State's is. good, but the way the Indiana's one. been playing, we can go win this game. I think so, that's the last road no, game you're Michigan, like. Michigan's winnable. Minnesota's oh, winnable. Oh, well, Michigan's been in the tank, yeah. Yeah, so those, those two are winnable. But And Ohio State's winnable with the way they've been playing. So those are the mm. next two games. Fair to say, if Indiana comes away with one out of the next two, you feel good, right? Yes. So, yeah. and, but here's the thing: you'd feel bad if you've lost three in a row, including this game. Yeah. You know well, I mean? and that's that's that. the problem with this game. You know, that's yes. the problem with losing this game. You know, you would have been on a, a three-game winning streak. You would have won five out of six. You're really really feeling good about yourself. This just kind of it just popped the balloon. That's what the final minute and a half did. It it it, it kind of popped the balloon that Indiana had been blowing up, and now they got to get back to it. You know, get back to it, start blowing that balloon up again. Um, you know, and and get going. But that's what Indiana has coming up. Uh, Banner Monday is is a definite maybe for Monday afternoon. So just watch Twitter. Hopefully we can <laughs> do it. Definite maybe. It is. Huh? Man, it's just got to kind of be like that. So hopefully we can keep doing those conversations with Mike DeCourcy because I really enjoy doing them. Uh, but just watch. Uh, just watch Twitter, and I'll let you know. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember that because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 20% off your entire order at homefieldapparel.com with the promo code ASSEMBLY20. So if you want a great deal on the most comfortable and unique IU apparel that you will find anywhere, go to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 for 20% off your entire order. Uh, last note that I will make, a reminder, February 8th, we will be in Bloomington. Uh, we'll be there for the IU-Purdue game. Afterwards, we are doing a live post-game show at Switchyard. We had lots of conversations earlier today about what we're going to call that. It's not final, final, Ryan, but I think we may actually end up going with podcast on the drink uh, for that one. A live IU-Purdue post-game show with the Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. I already talked to Chronic Hoosier. He blessed us using that. Andy will be happy because it's the idea that he came up with. Uh, it's kind of catchy, kind of funny. So that's our working title. If you hate it, let me know. But <laughs> we get somebody to design a logo for it. Yeah, we we need to. You know, we need to get you start promoting it up a little bit. So anyway, after the game, I'm sure Galen and some other folks will be there. Um, you know, talking. I'm sure soon after the game ends, but we'll get there as soon as we can after the game. You know, start a live post game show and uh, just have some fun talking basketball. And my goodness, they better win. Can you imagine if we had to do that after this game? What a buzzkill that would have been. God, we, so we, we yeah, gotta win that we've game. done the meetup after a loss before. A very <laughs> only late once night loss. Only once that yeah, Ohio State late, game. Yeah. Late, 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 late meetup after a loss. It was no fun. I, mean, I know. It was great to meet everyone who was there, but it was just a dour. <laughs> everyone was just kind of like, because uh, <sighs> yeah. we got beat by a last second three. Yeah. CJ Jackson again. <sighs> that guy. 
Why did I mention his name on another show? I don't know why he did. All right. Last call, Ryan. Final thoughts on this disappointing afternoon. It's just a rough day for basketball in general. You know, um, I look, uh, it's a tough loss for Indiana because of how well they played. That's what makes it tougher. And that's what makes it more disappointing is this wasn't just a blowout or they didn't play well. They played great for 19 minutes in that second half and then just kind of fell apart in the last minute and 10 seconds. You're up six with one ten to go at home um, at assembly hall. You should win that game. There's no excuse for not winning that game. Um, so yeah, stuff happens and guys made shots and, 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 Indiana turned the ball over and, and had bad possessions. That stuff happens during the course of a game. But in that last 10 minutes, you need to have your tightest 10 minutes. Of the, or, uh, sorry, minute 10 seconds. You need to have your best minute and 10 seconds of the game. And they didn't. And they had one of their worst stretches of the game. It was a 7-0 run for Maryland to finish the game. Um, they came down. They had a shot to win it. Missed the shot. That happens. But, you know, if you want to win games, you got to make shots like that. If you want to win games, you got to run better offense. They did the two possessions before. And if you want to win games, you don't turn the ball over against the press and you, you guard guys when they're set to open, you know, take an open three. So Indiana really has played much better the last couple weeks and have really started to look like a team that could do something this year and be impressive. And that win over Michigan State was enormous. It would have been great to back that up with a big win today, and they didn't do it. They had it in their hands, and they dropped it. And and so this is a team that's got to regroup because now they got two road games against teams that can easily beat them, and they got to come out and take it. You know, take this Penn State game. You can take this Penn State game. You absolutely can play your game the whole time and take it. And uh, that's what they have to do. They have to come out and make up for this because you lose a home game, you better win one on the road to make up for it. And um. You know, that's something where Indiana needs to do that now. Yeah, and maybe the next time Indiana is 5-0 and in close games, jackass podcasters don't tempt fate by writing articles about how good the coach is in close games. Because yeah. you know what's going to happen that? inevitably the next game. God, you know, just why Why would you do that, Jared? Why would you do that? Um, Yeah, look, it's... Uh, I don't have a whole lot to add about this game. I thought... <laughs> I thought Ryan's analogy of the car and the door falling off really about seven, summed, much it up. Our season. <laughs> it yeah. summed it up about as well because this team has, has played really bad in games but then had poised to close them out in the end and they win and we're coming on here. We're not feeling good about the way they played, but you're feeling you're just kind of exhaling because of the way that they won the game. And this is the opposite of that where it's like, man, this team absolutely showed what it's capable of in the second half. And you got contributions from so many different guys you know, coming on the heels of what happened against Michigan State, I mean, that's 78 and a half minutes of basketball that you can feel really good about. Because I'm sorry, I'm not, I just wasn't that worked up about the first half because there was some anomalous stuff happening, which the second half bore out. And so, I mean, that would have been 78 and a half minutes of really, really good basketball at home. And then you just kind of puts it away. So that's what makes this really disappointing. It is a major, major missed opportunity for Indiana. It is not a sky is falling loss. I don't think that there are a lot of red flags in this loss, frankly, because closing out games has been a strength and it just wasn't there today. So I'm just disappointed, you know, not really like mad or apoplectic or questioning anything that I think about this team. You know, I think ultimately you came home and you want to protect home court, but you're facing two really, really talented teams that in each game, they had the best player on the court, Cassius Winston and Jalen Smith. And it's tough to beat those teams back to back, even at home. Indiana should have done it. Indiana could have done it, but they didn't. And I hope it's not a loss that we're looking back on at the end of the season. Like, man, this loss prevented us from reaching our goals. I don't think so because I like what I've seen from this team. I like the trajectory that they're on, 
But this was a little speed bump, the final minute and a half. So I hope they take a lot of uh, out of the positives from especially the first 18 and a half minutes of that second half. I hope they learn whatever lessons are there to be learned uh, from the final the final 90 seconds and let's move on and let's go do our best to try and get a road win next week. Cause you go get a road win next week and you know, you're sitting there. You feel a lot better about this. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel pretty good about things at that point. And that's, you know, right now for this season with where Indiana's at, we've talked about this before, just stay ahead of the eight ball from the tournament. And Indiana's there right now. You're 15 and five, you're five and four in the conference. You know, you're still projected with Ken Palm to be 20 and 11, 10 and 10 in conference play. Those numbers get you in the tournament comfortably. And so just stay ahead, and then hopefully you can actually pick up an extra win or two, and you're feeling really good about yourself. So I feel like that this win would have been one of those. Indiana didn't get it. Got to regroup, go on the road, get a win next week. And, uh, you know, let's move on from this. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall, and don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced much of the music that you hear on the show and is working on some new stuff. Uh, And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you for sure Wednesday night after IU Penn State. Until then, take it from me. Nick's eyes loft. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And as always, go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Here I come. This is Don Sony. By the way, Chad in the chat said, um, uh, where was it? Something about how. Oh, the sting has worn off some. End of the show, Ryan, is very different from start of the show, Ryan. It, no, it's I'm It's funny just, sometimes how we work, we work through emotions through the show. And- well, I'm also just more sad now about everything, than, including the Kobe stuff, than, than yeah. you know, the game. Like, that is that is my ire at the way that game ended has been surpassed by sadness about what's yeah. going on in the world. So, I'm a, yeah, I'm a little less. There's a little less vitriol. Uh, they just, uh, the Raptors and San Antonio are playing and there are guys just crying on the court. Jeez. Like they're they're before the game, De- DeMar DeRozan grew up in Compton and wanted to be Kobe. And so everybody was yeah. coming over and hugging him. Tim Duncan was, is on the bench and he's in tears because he's assistant coach now. Yeah. And then on the first possession, both teams just held the ball and let the 24 wind down as a tribute because Kobe was 24, obviously. Um, just they shouldn't have made him play. They should have, they should have canceled the game. I mean, this is because now there's uh, a confirmed report that his oldest daughter was on the helicopter with him. Jeez, passed away. Man, Uh, they were on their way to a basketball tournament. There was another player and another parent on the helicopter with them as well, and everybody died. So, um, just an awful, awful day. And I, they shouldn't have made those players play that game. I mean, with that news coming out, especially because, I mean, look, half the guys in the league grew up idolizing. Kobe like this is like Michael Jordan dying when Kobe was playing or something you know it's crazy yeah and it's it's one of those things when a guy especially for a sports fan or a basketball fan you know yeah you may not know him and it's like well how can you feel we all feel like we know someone you don't know yeah but when someone is like on your tv in your home that much you're watching them and you see them go through ups and downs and it, you know, you just you do kind of feel like you get to know them. It's like a piece of especially your basketball with, life, especially is, with you know. like social media these days. Like we know all about LeBron's kids and his family, and we knew about Kobe and his wife and his four kids, and you see him at games all the time. And Kobe's like coaching his daughter now. It's the daughter who passed away. I mean, it's it's crazy. 
you know, and, yeah. and you're, you're right. We have a much deeper connection to stars these days than we did maybe 40 years ago yeah. because they're all the time seeing their personal lives and everything like that displayed. So it's, it's really, really sad. Um, and so, I remember it's just so unexpected, you know, I mean, when a guy passes an old age or you have time to or you an illness it. or something. Yeah. Like that. But you know, for it to, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's unspeakable how tragic yeah. that is and shocking it is. And, and I remember during his, you know, his uh, retirement game, they did a big tribute for him where all these players, it was like 50 players talking about how they grew up just that's all they wanted to do was be Kobe Bryant, you know, and it was guys like Kyle Lowry who was in this Raptors game, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron, Dwayne Wade. It's the next generation of stars all wanted to be him. And so now the stars that want to be LeBron James, like LeBron wanted to be that guy, you know, so it's this, and of course Kobe wanted to be Jordan. So it's this long lineage that gets passed down. So whenever any of those guys, any of those links in that chain passes away, it's crazy, you know, and terribly sad. And obviously thoughts and prayers with everybody out there. Absolutely. What a down way to end the show, right? Well, I mean, just fits, it fits the day. I mean, this is a a day, unfortunately, that you know will kind of go Won't down forget. and just sad infamy in basketball history because of this. Yeah. You know. All right, man. Thanks for uh, being here and staying focused on the show. I know you got a lot going on. Yeah, um, we're gonna um, go about uh, gonna go about writing about it now, trying to do him some justice. Um, well, I'm sure you'll do it. Thanks, good job. everybody. All right, everybody. Appreciate you. Talk to you next week. With round-the-clock protection at a great price, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to, unlike this unenthusiastic hype man. Okay, everybody, let's make some noise. Put your hands up. Or not. It's your call. Here we go now. Here we go. Switch to progressive today. It is electric in here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.